وضع يده في فم أسنانك ويقره تسوية التراب بلا عذر ويرد المار ويرد المار بين يديه ولو بدفعه آدميا كان المار أو غيره فرضا كانت الصلاة أو نفلا فإن أبى فله قتاله ولو مشى يسيرا ويحرم المرور بين بين المصلي وبين سترته وبين إن لم يكن له سترة وله قتل حية وأقرب وقملة وتعديل ثوب وعمامة وحمل شيء ووضعه وله إشارة بيد بيد ووجه وعين لحاجة ولا يقرأ السلام على المصلي وله رده بإشارة ويفتح على إمامه إذا 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 أرتج عليه أو غلط أو غلط وإن نابه شيء في صلاته سبه رجل وصفقت امرأة وإن وإن بدره بساط أو مخاط وهو في المسجد بصق في ثوبه وفي غير المسجد عن يساره ويقره أن يبصق قدامه أو عن يمينه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا والسيئات اعمالنا ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله ارسله رحمه للعالمين فبلغ الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح للامه وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وترك امته يوم تركها على محجه على طريق محجه بيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ اي لا يظل لا يزيغ عنها الا هالك ورضي الله عن صحابه محمد الذين امنوا صدقوه هاجروا معه واليه قاتلهم معه وبعد حملوا راية الإسلام وبلغوها الآفاق وفتح الله بهم بلادا وقلوبا فاللهم ارضى عنهم واجعلنا من محبيهم الصادقين في متابعتهم وتقبل منا صالح العمل وتجاوز تفسير ما يرحم الراحمين يقول الشيخ الاسلام رحمه الله عليه يكره في الصلاه اذا كان الانسان في داخل يصلي يكره ان يلتفت ولو كان الالتفات خفيفا لكن لو التفت التفاتا بحيث ينصرف عن القبله بالتفاته بطلت الصلاه اما وهو يصلي فاذا ميل امام راسه ووجهه من جهه فهذا امر مكروه 
أما لو انحرف عن القبلة فإن الصلاة لا تصح قد يكره التفات يسير يعني ولو كان خفيف ويكره رفع بصر المصلي إلى السماء وهو في الصلاة والشأن في المصلي أن يكون غاية في الأدب والتواضع وإظهار الافتقار إلى الله جل وعلا ويكره رفع بصره إلى السماء مكروه والذي شدد في هذا الأمر وقال أما يخشى الذي يرفع بصره إلى السماء ويصلي أن يخضر بصره يقول وصلاته يعني وتكره صلاته إلى صورة منصوبة أمامه سواء كانت صورة في لوح أو في ورقة منصوبة أو كانت على شكل المصورات المتحركة كل ذلك مكروه بل إذا كانت الصورة كبيرة فإن هذا يحرم وإذا كان يحرم ما لا تبطل الصلاة قال أو إلى آدم يعني أن يتقصد أن يتوجه إلى الآدم ويجعله قبلة أما كونك تأتي والناس جلوس تصلي خلف آدم تعتبره كأنه سترة لك بينك وبين المعرضين فلا حرج في ذلك وقال واستقبال النار ينبغي للواحد أن يتجنب مشابهة أحوال عباد النار ومعلوم أن عباد النار هم المجوس المجوس الذين بلادهم بلاد فارس الجاهلية كانوا يعبدون النار ويعظمون أمرها يقول ولو كان ذلك سراجا إذا أراد أن يصلي لا يجعل السراج المضاء أمامه في موضع قبلته يعني بينه وبين القبلة كأنه سترة مصلي لا ينبغي أن يتجنبه كما يكره افتراش ذراعيه أن يفترش المصلي ذراعيه في السجود والذي نهى عن ذلك قال كافتراش الثعلب الثعلب والكلب استقر على الارض بسط ذراعه على وجه الارض فالمصلي ينبغي ان يحرص على معرفه كيف كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي لما انتهى من بيان هذه المكروهات من التفات ولو كان قليلا ومن صلاة إلى صورة منصوبة أو إلى آدمي يتقصد أن يصلي إليه أو استقبال نار ولو كانت سراجا وكذلك افتراش ذراعي في السجود قال وينبغي ألا يدخل في الصلاة الذي بدأ الصلاة ألا يدخل في الصلاة وهو حاقن والحاقن هو الذي يدافع البول الحاقن يعني كالذي يحقن القربه 
يكون مدافع البول يكون هذا العمل مكروه كراهة شديدة ولا يدخل فيها هو حاكم أو حاقد الحاكم هو الذي يدافع البول والحاقد هو الذي يدافع ما هو غير البول وهو الغائط الذي يخرج منه ما استغنى عنه الجسد من فمول ما ترسل في المعده هذا لا يجوز له يدخل في حال وهو يدافع هذين الامرين كذلك اذا كان محتاجا للطعام وقدم الطعام ينبغي ان لا يدخل في الصلاه الذي يقول اذا حضر العشاء العشاء والعشاء فابداوا بالعشاء اذا كنتم محتاجين للطعام للاكل وحضر الاكل وحضر وقت الصلاه فاشتغلوا بالاكل ثم معكم ساعه من الوقت لتؤدوا الصلاه فيه قال بل يؤخرها ولو فاتته الجماعه لكن هذه لا ينبغي ان تكون عذرا يكون الطعام ما يقدم الا اذا حضر وقت الجماعه ثم يقول واحد قدم طعامي والنبي قال ابدع بالطعام اذا لا اذهب الى المسجد لا ينبغي ان يرتب اموره حيث لا يكون وقت تقديم الطعام مزاحما وقت الصلاه عليه ان يحسب للصلاه حسابها قال ويكره مس الحصى ينبغي للمصلي ان يكون مشغولا في صلاته حتى المسواك ينبغي لا يخليها يمسك به وهو داخل في العباده اذا دخل في العباده ينبغي ان يعرف كيف يضع يديه اذا كان واقفا وضع اليمين على الشمال تحت الصدر او فوق السره حسب ما تيسر قال ويكره مس الحصى وتشبيك الاصابع ينبغي ان يتجنب مس الحصى لكن لو فرض انه اراد ان يسجد وما وموضع السجود غير متهيئ لاستقرار الجبين عليه لا مانع الذي قال واحده او دع يعني امسح ما تريد ان تسجد عليه مسحه واحده هذا يشتغل بتنظيم هذا الموقع هذا الموقع كذلك تشبيك الاصابع والواحد يصلي لا ينبغي ان اذا كان يصلي ان يضع اليمين على الشمال في حال الوقوف وفي حال الركوع ان يضع الكف اليمين على الركبه اليمنى والكف الشمال على الركبه اليسرى يلقم الكف الركبه كل واحد من الكفين يلقمه بالركبه المناسبه له كذلك في السجود لا يشبك بين اعصابه 
يفرش كفيه على السجود ويجعل اصابعها اصابع كل يد متجهه للقبله ويجعل الذراع مرتفعه على الارض لا يكون المسجون على الارض قال وتشبيك اصابع واعتماده على يديه في حال جلوسه لا يتكي على يد او على يدين اثنتين سواء جعلهما خلفه او امامه لا ينبغي ان يكون في حال جلوسه في هذه العباده العظيمه التي يناجي المصلي ربه جل وعلا فيها يخاطب الله يقول لربه اياك نعبد واياك نستعين ينبغي ان يحرص على عدم اعتمادها على اليدين لكن لو فرض انه لا يستطيع ان يجلس بالاعتماد للضروره احكامها فلا حرج عليه قام كذلك لمس اللحيه يعني لا يعبث الواحد في شعر وجهه او شعر راسه ينبغي ان يكون همه في اداء هذه العباده ان يحسن تصور موقفه ويحسن استحضار ما يريد ان يسال ربه من حاجات او ما كان يقوم به من قراءه في حال القيام ينبغي ان يكون امر الصلاه مهيمنا على تصرفاته قال وعكس شعره وكف ثوبه يعني ينبغي ان يكون انشغالك باداء الصلاه لا بتصفيف شعر او تسويه عمامه او عصابه راس وامثال ذلك لا اشغل بالك بالك وخاطرك في الموقف الذي انت فيه وهيبه المقام واستشعار الادب في هذه العباده ولا يذهب يشتغل مثلا يحسر ما على الذراع من غطاء يكفه او يرسله لا اذا اردت ان تدخل الصلاه فادخلها وانت متهيئ لاداء هذه العباده قال وان تثاءب ماذا يفعل يكظم التثاءب يمنع التثاءب في بعض الاحوال يعجز عن المنع اذا غلبه التثاءب فليضع كفه اليمين على فمه يغطي فيه الفم النبي يقول صلى الله عليه وسلم ان الشيطان اذا تثاءب ابن ادم فغرفاه جعل يستهزئ به اذا احرص على ان تقضم هذا الشيء واذا لم تستطع فضع كفك غطاء على فمك قال ويكره تسويه التراب بلا عذر لكن في العذر فلا حرج قال ويرد المار بين يديه ولو بدفعه اذا اراد احد ان يمر وانت واقف تصلي واراد ان يمر بينك وبين موضع سجودك فامنعه اذا لم يمتنع فادفعه وليس معنى قاتله يعني بالسلاح لا يعني قاتله بالمدافعه 
ولو حصل شيء من المشاده قال ولو بدفعه ولذلك ينبغي الواحد ان يحرص اذا اراد ان يصلي منفردا من نافله او غيرها ان يكون امامه شيء من وراء موضع موضع سجوده يجعله كستر اراخي والنبي قال كمؤخره الرحل الخشبه الصغيره تكون في خلف الراكب على مركب البعير ولا فرق في المنع بين ان تكون مصلي تصلي فريضه او نافله امنع من اراد ان يدخل بين موقفك وموضع سجودك قال وان ابى فله قتاله ولو مشى يسيرا يدفعه ويحرم المرور بين المصلي وبين سترته يعني وبين موضع سجوده الا ان يكون له ستره انت فيما يتعلق ب من من اراد ان يمر من انسان او دابه قال وله قتل حيه يعني ولو كان يصلي وعقرب وقمله وتعديل ثوب لو استرخى الثوب على الوجه صار ما ينظر لا مانع ان يعدل لكن ليس بالاهتمام والانشغال بتسويته حتى يكون على احسن الاحوال اوضحها لا يعدله بحيث يكون مستقرا قال وتعديل ثوب وعمامه له ان يحمل شيئا اذا احتاج الى حمله فمثلا الانسان يقرا في المصحف يجوز له ان يحمل المصحف وهو يقرا فيه اذا اراد ان يصلي وعنده طفل لا يستطيع ان يؤدي صلاته يخشى ان يتحرك يمنه ويسرى او يخشى من صراخ يشوش عليه جاز له ان يحمله ولو كان يصلي والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يصلي ويحمل بنت ابنته وإذا أراد أن يركع وضعها وإذا أراد أن يسجد وضعها وإذا أراد القيام حملها وهو يصلي بالجماعة صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ولا شك أن أعرف الناس بمقام الصلاة وأخشى الناس وأخافهم لله هو محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ويحرم المرور بين يدي المصلي وبين سترته وله قتل العقرب والحيه والقمله فضيل الثوب والعمامه وحمل شيء ووضعه الذي يحمل الطفله الصغيره حملها وهو يصلي بالناس ثم اذا اراد ان يركع ويسجد وضعها واذا اراد ان يقوم يخشى ان تنفلت أو يحصل منها أذى وكل أعماله صلى الله عليه وسلم إنما هي تشريع للعباد للأمة كل ما فعله جاز للإنسان أن يفعله لكن في حدود قال وله إشارة بيد 
أو وجه ووجه وعين لحاجة يعني استفسر منه الإنسان في أمر مهم وهو يصلي لا يخاطبه يقول الطريق كذا ولا الأمر كذا لا يؤشر له إما بحركة عينه أو بفمه بشفته أو ونحو ذلك أو بكفه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لما سلم عليه أحد من أصحابه وهو يصلي أشار بيده بالكف يعني كأنه يقول أسكن واجلسوا جعل بطن الكف من لم الأرض قال ولا يكره الصلاة والسلام على المصلي لكن إذا خشي أنه يشوش على المصلي أو أن المصلي يرتبك فينبغي أن يتجنب هذا الشيء قال وله رد السلام ليس باللسان يرد السلام بالإشارة بيده وقد كان النبي يفعل شيء من ذلك صلوات الله وسلامه عليه قال ويفتح على إمامه إذا أرتجع عليه يعني إذا أرتبك وهو يقرأ في آية ما أحسن نطقها أو أدخل آية في موضع آية أخرى الحافظ ينبه الإمام على الخطأ يبين له التصحيح نطقا قال وإن نابه يعني أصابه شيء في صلاته إذا أصاب الإمام شيء سهى كان ينبغي أن يقوم فلم يقم أو كان قام وليس الموضوع موضع قيام قال إذا حصل هذا السهو من الإمام سبح الرجال سبح رجل قال سبحان الله وكرر ذلك وإذا لم ينتبه الرجال والنساء من خلفهم صفقت النساء فسبح رجل وصفقت امرأة النبي لما أنهم حصلوا تنبيه في أمر معين فقالهم صلى الله عليه وسلم وصفقوا بأيديهم قال لا إذا ناب الرجال الإمام شيء سبح الرجال قال سبحان الله وخرى وأما النساء تصفق كفا بكف او كفا على يد اخرى لا تتكلم لان صوت المراه له اثر ومنهيه ان تبرز او تظهر ما يكون من شانه اشعال فتن من الفتن قال وان بدره بصاق او مخاق وهو في المسجد بصق في ثوبه وفي غير المسجد يبصق عن يساره ويكره ان يبصق قدامه يعني امامه او عن يمينه ان يبين صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ان اذا كان الواحد في صلاته فان الله في قبلته امامه فلا يبصق وهو يصلي امامه اما أن يبصق تحت قدمه اليسرى 
وإذا لم يكن الموضع موضعا يمكن أن يبصق تحت القدم كان يكون على فراش أو يكون في أرض صلبة لو بصق عليها لصار سبب انزلاق قال فليأخذ طرف ردائه ويضع البصاق أو المخاطة فيه ويرد بعضه على بعض وبين لهم صلى الله عليه وسلم هو بثوبه قال يقول هكذا والمقصود أن هذه العبادة العظيمة التي يقف الإنسان فيها ابتداء بالتكبير إعلام بأن الله أكبر من كل شيء وأجل من كل شيء ثم بإعلان الحمد لله جل وعلا وأنه رب العالمين رب جميع من في هذا الكون وأنه جل وعلا الرحمن الرحيم وصاحب الرحمة العامة والخاصة وأنه مالك يوم الجزاء والحساب ثم بعد هذا التمجيد والتعظيم والإجلال يأتي موضوع المخاطبة إياك نعبد هذه العبادة العظيمة التي تتكون من هذه الألفاظ الهامة العظيمة الجليلة جديرة بأن يكون المصلي ويؤديها غاية في الأدب واحترام المقام واستشعار الهيبة وتصور ما هو محتاج إليه ولا يستطيع تحقيقه إلا بتوفيق من الله ليسأله فأسأل الله جل وعلا أن يوفقنا جميعا لإحسان أداء صلواتنا واستشعار هيبة المقام عندما نقوم بأداء هذه العبادة فريضة كانت أو نافلة كما أسأل جل وعلا أن يتقبل منا جميعا صالح العمل ويتجاوز عن سيئاتنا بمنه جل وعلا وكرمه وأن يحسن عاقبتنا في الأمور كلها وأن يعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأن يذل الكفر والكافرين والمنافقين وأن يفرج كربات المسلمين عاجلا غير آجل وأن ينصرهم على أعدائهم وأن يوفقهم للتوبة الصادقة والحياء من الله والحرص على تعظيم أمره جل وعلا والانتهاء عند نهيه كما أسأله سبحانه وتعالى بأسمائه وصفاته أن يحفظ علينا ديننا ويؤمننا من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن وأن يعاجل المظلومين المعتدى عليهم في العالم الإسلامي أن يعاجلهم بالفرج في الشام والعراق وفي بقية البقاع الإسلامية أن يرفع عنهم كل بلاء ومحنة وكل شر وبلية وأن يحل محل ذلك الأمن والإيمان والصدق التعاملي مع الله جل وعلا ومع عباد الله كما أسأله جل وعلا أن يرينا في الطائفة النصيرية والرافضة في المجوس أن يرينا فيهم عجائب قدرته وأن يخفينا شرهم وينصر الحق عليهم وأن يحقق للبلاد الإسلامية أمنا وإيمانا 
واستقامه وثباتا الحق انه يجيب الدعاء واخر دعوانا ان الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلي وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا. Sheikh Habib Allah Ta'ala began by praising Allah, we praise him, we seek his assistance, we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of our deeds. There is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, he is the Lord, and to him belongs the dominion, and he is able to do all things. And may Allah and uh, we bear witness that the Prophet Muhammad is his slave and messenger, and he gave the message, he fulfilled the trust, he was sincere for the Ummah, and he fought in the way of Allah, the true fighting. And he left the Ummah upon clarity. And no one deviates from it except that they are destroyed. And may Allah be pleased with the companions of the Prophet, those who believed in him and migrated with him and to him and fought during his time and after his time and those who raised the flag of Islam until Allah Azawajal or those who carried the flag of Islam until Allah allowed Islam to spread to all or to many of countries so Allah opened by way of them the lands and the hearts may Allah be pleased with them and make us from amongst those who have true love for them and may Allah Azawajal forgive us for our deficiencies then he said, Sheikh Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab mentioned in this treatise things which are disliked in the prayer. And the first thing that he mentioned is that a person uh, turns away from the Qibla. And the Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, if it's, uh, if it's a slight turning away from the Qibla by, with the face, then it is disliked. But if the person totally turns their body around in a direction other than the qibla, then the salat is, is invalid. <clears throat> but if it's slight, a slight turning of the face, then this is disliked, but the salat is still accepted. So that was the first thing. The second thing that the author mentioned, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, raising the sight to the sky. And the Shaykh mentioned, Aviv Allah Ta'ala, that the individual during the prayer they should implement the best of etiquettes and they should be very humble and they should present themselves in a manner that they are, they are in need of Allah Azza wa Jal. And the Prophet Sallallahu was very uh, uh, specific when he informed them uh, of this, when he said, uh, doesn't one of you who raises his sight to the sky, does he not fear that Allah would make him blind? So this is something which is uh, highly disliked. And then the author Taala, mentioned that it is disliked that an individual prays toward a picture, a raised picture. And the Shaykh mentioned Taala. so for example, if this is on a, a board, or if this is a piece of paper, which is lifted, it is disliked that the person uh, now it is disliked that the person prays toward a picture and a picture of like a human and the shaykh also mentioned even if it is like the moving such as like on the television if there are images it is disliked that the person prays toward these images and he mentioned that if it is a large 
picture, then the salat is not accepted. Or that a person prays toward a, another human. And as Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, if the person intends, if the person intends this, they intend to pray toward another individual, then this is, uh, this is disliked. Um, and he prays to Allah, but they pray in the direction, purposely pray in the direction of another individual. This is dislike. But he said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but for example, if the individual uh, enters into the masjid and there's someone sitting in front of him, like in the direction of his sutra, then there's no problem uh, because he's using him as a sutra, not that he in purposely wants to pray toward this individual. Then the author, the author Rahim Allah Ta'ala, mentioned, and likewise, a person shouldn't pray in the direction of the fire. In the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, that is, it's incumbent that we are different from the, the people are the atheists or like even the fire worshippers. And this was known that they, uh, before Islam, that they were present in the area of Persia, that they used to worship the fire and they used to have extreme reverence for the fire. So we should not do that. We should not pray in the direction of fire. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. Habib Allah Ta'ala, for example, oh, the author mentioned it and the Shaykh explained it, for example, even a lantern. You shouldn't make the lantern in the direction of your Qibla. Um, for example, some people they may, for example, putting the lantern uh, on the ground, the fire lantern on the ground as a sutra, you shouldn't do this. You should abstain from this. It shouldn't be in the direction of your Qibla. And likewise, it is disliked that the person places their forearms flat on the ground. The Prophet ﷺ forbade that an individual does so like uh, the, the fox or like the dog. You should, the Shaykh mentioned, the person should be diligent in knowing the manner in which the Prophet prayed ﷺ. The Prophet informed that the person should raise their elbows from the ground, they should raise their forearms from the ground, and they should not place them flat like a fox or a dog. Um, so these are the things that, some of the things that the Prophet ﷺ, or these are some of the things that the author has mentioned, which are disliked in the Salat. Looking, turning away from the Qibla, um, praying toward, uh, looking at the sky, uh, praying in the direction of a, a pitcher, or praying in the direction of another human, or facing, uh, praying in the, in the direction, or placing the fire in front of you, or placing your forearms and your elbows on the ground. These are things which are disliked. Then the author, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, mentioned that a person should not enter into the prayer while he is haqin and haqib. Haqin is the individual who is uh, fighting uh, urine. The individual has to urinate, uh, and it's strong, so he's fighting it, and he goes. To, he's trying to prevent himself from urinating, but he enters into prayer. This is strongly disliked. And haqib is the person who is trying to hold back his defecation. So the person should not enter into the prayer while he is in this state. He uh, has to go to the bathroom, whether it's urination or defecation, the person should not enter into the prayer in this state. Um, likewise, the individual should not enter into the prayer if the food has been served and the individual is hungry. Food has been served and the individual is hungry. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned if the, the prayer of Isha, if the time of the prayer of Isha has entered and the Asha with the Fat and the Asha which is the food, the food which is eaten at the time of, uh, at night, 
Al-Isha, which is the prayer, and Al-Asha, which is the food, if both of them come at the same time, then you should give precedence to the food. You should begin with the food. If you are hungry, and the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah, you should begin with the food if you are hungry, and there is more time to pray Salat al-Isha. And then the Shaykh mentioned, the author of one, the author mentioned that even if you miss the congregation, and the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah, that you should not make this a constant excuse to miss the congregational prayer. And this is for the men, you should not make it a constant excuse to miss the congregational prayer. For example, when you know that it's about to be Salat al-Isha, you request that the food is brought. The Shaykh said, you should organize your time and you should organize the food. So you should uh, request that the food is presented uh, sometime before the Salat or sometime after the Salat or, or the likes. Then the author Rahimahullah mentioned that it is disliked that you play with pebbles or you remove the pebbles from the area of the sujood. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah it's befitting that the individual or it's incumbent that the individual at the time of the prayer, that your focus should be on the prayer. And that you shouldn't uh, be so involved in uh, removing the pebbles that are on the ground. Except, he said, except if there's a need, if it's going to harm you during the prayer. Then he said, Habib Allah another example of that is uh, holding the miswak, the, the, the stick which is used to, to clean the teeth. You shouldn't be holding the, the miswak while you're in the prayer. And he said it's incumbent upon the people to know that where they sh- their hand should be during the prayer. When you're standing in the prayer, your hand should be, your right hand should be over the left hand and they should be folded over your chest. Uh, or he said, uh, under your chest or uh, above your, uh, over your navel. In accordance to, or according to that which is easy for you. So this is where the hands should be. The hands should not be uh, holding the miswak and the likes. And then the Shaykh mentioned Abiy Allah Ta'ala. Um, now he mentioned about removing the, the pebbles. That it was mentioned by the Prophet Sallallahu that if a person needs to wipe the area of sujood, then they should do it once. So the Shaykh mentioned Abiy Allah Ta'ala. So the person... Um, if they need to wipe the area of sujood, the area of prostration once, if they need to wipe it, they should do it once. But they shouldn't be so concerned with the area of, of prostration. And then the Shaykh mentioned Abiy Allah Ta'ala, so no, it shouldn't be that you are trying to, you know, remove everything which is on the area of prostration. If you need to do it, just do it once. Then, um, uh, folding or crossing uh, the fingers, the person shouldn't be... Uh, crossing their fingers and the likes, but that which they should do is they should be focusing on the, the Afwan. He said if they're in the position of Qiyam, if they're standing, then the, the right hand should be over the left hand. And if they are in Ruku', then the right hand, the right palm should be on the left thigh and the left palm should be on the left thigh and the likes. And if they're in Sujood, their hands should be spread to um, and their elbows and forearms should be lifted from the ground. So there's a place uh, that your hand should be. So your hand should not be uh, folded uh, then the, or joined. Then the Shaykh mentioned, then the author Rahimahullah mentioned, and likewise it is disliked that an individual uh, places the palms of his hands on the ground while he's in a sitting position. And the Shaykh mentioned, Abiy Allah whether this is in 
So the person shouldn't be reclined putting his hands behind him, nor putting his hands in front of him, except if he needs to do this for the prayer. Except if he needs to do this for the prayer. The Shaykh mentioned Hafiz Allah Ta'ala that the person during the prayer, he should keep in mind that he is uh, speaking to his Lord. And the person is saying, it is, only, it is only you who we worship, and it is you who we seek your assistance. So the individual should be focused in the prayer. He should, be he should concentrate. He should not be reclined by putting his hands behind him, nor putting his hands in front of him, except there, if there is a need for him to do so. Likewise, the individual shouldn't uh, play with his, his beard, nor should he uh, fold his hair, nor should he fold his, uh, uh, his clothing, his stole. Um, and the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, Naam, the person shouldn't play with the, their facial hairs, nor should they play with the hairs on the top of their head. But the, the, um, the focus of the individual should be on the fact that he's standing in front of his Lord and he should think about what he needs from his Lord, all of the things that he needs from his Lord. He should likewise focus on the recitation during the prayer. This should be the goal uh, and the focal point of the individual should not be his hair, facial hair or the, head on, the hair on his head and the likes. Um, then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, in general he shouldn't be fixing his, uh, his shamag. Uh, what should be on his mind is the prayer itself and the fact that he's standing in front of his Lord and he should be in this prayer with humbleness and with etiquettes. He should not try and be trying to you know, make his clothing perfect and the likes because the author mentioned about the, the touching the beard and touching the hair and folding the, the clothing or cuffing the clothing. Then the author Rahimahullah mentioned about if a person is uh, overtaken by the yawning or has the sensation to, to yawn, the person should try to uh, prevent it to the best of his ability. But if he's overtaken by it, then he should place his, his hand over his mouth. And the Shaykh mentioned that the, the Prophet said that the shaitan, when one of you uh, yawns, the shaitan, he, he mocks you. And he makes fun of you. So the person should try his level best to prevent the yawning. But if he does not have the ability to do so, the least that he should do is that he should cover his mouth with his, his hand. And then the author, Rahim Allah mentioned um, <clears throat> that it is dislike that the person levels the, the ground in front of him, except if there's a need. And the Shaykh mentioned, Allah as we mentioned, the person should only wipe the area of prostration if there is a major need. Then the author mentioned that a person should prevent, the one who is praying should prevent someone walking in front of him, even if this leads to him pushing him, um, whether this is a human or an animal, whether the prayer is the obligatory prayer or the superogatory prayer. And if the individual who is walking in front of him or the animal uh, persist in doing so, then you have to fight him, then you should do so, even if you walk a little. And the Shaykh mentioned Abiy Allah Ta'ala, this does not mean that you kill the individual, but what it is meant is that you push him and you prevent him from walking in front of you. And whether this is the obligatory prayer or the non-obligatory prayer, and the Shaykh mentioned Abiy Allah Ta'ala, but what is also befitting is that the individual, 
is that the individual who intends to pray, he places a barrier in front of him so that if anyone wants, wants to walk in front of him, that person would walk behind this barrier. And it was mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ that, for example, like the end of the, the, the saddle, like it should be slightly, the sutra should be slightly elevated from the ground so that if a person wants to walk in front of you, they would walk behind that sutra. And there is no difference whether this is obligatory prayer or the non-obligatory prayer. And he re reiterated by saying that even if someone tries to walk between you and your sutra, that you should fight the person, even if you have to walk a little to push them, then it is permissible for you to do so. And it is forbidden that someone walks in front of you, uh, in between you and your sutra. And uh, this is from the complete etiquettes of the prayer. Um, uh, then the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, mentions um, that it is permissible for you to kill uh, a snake or uh, a scorpion, and it's permissible for you to uh, adjust your thobe or that which you're wearing on your head. And the Shaykh mentioned Abi Ta'ala, it's permissible for you to do these things, but you should not be excessive in doing so. For example, if your thobe, Afwan, if the thing that you're wearing over your head falls over your face and you need to remove it from your face, then it is permissible. Um, then he mentioned that it is permissible for you to carry something. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala Naam, if there's a need for you to carry something, it is permissible. For example, if a person is reciting from the Qur'an, so he has to hold the Qur'an, it is permissible for him to do so. Or the person who has to hold a child, they fear that the child would move around too much. Or they fear that if they don't hold the child, small baby, that the baby would begin to scream and harm the people who are praying. So it's permissible for you to hold the baby in your arms while you're praying. This was done by the Prophet ﷺ. While he was praying, he held his, uh, his grandchild. And when he was standing, he would hold his grandchild. And when he went into sujood, he would place his grandchild on, on the ground. So this is permissible for you to do. And he said, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, there's no doubt that the person who was more knowledgeable about Allah and the person who was the most God-fearing was the Prophet ﷺ. And we found that the Prophet ﷺ held his grandchild, so it shows that it is permissible. For verily, the actions are the, of the Prophet ﷺ are the legislation. These inform us of what is legislated. So just as the Prophet ﷺ held his grandchild, it is permissible for us to do so. But we should do it with limits. We should not make it something which is done unnecessarily. Likewise, the author Ta'ala mentioned that it's permissible for the person to point with their hand, or with their face, or with their, with their eye. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Ta'ala, for example, if someone asks you a question while you're praying, so you can respond by, by moving your eye, or by moving your hand, or by moving your face. If someone said something to you, ask you a question, asks for directions, you should not say, you should not respond verbally by saying, yes, the road is that way while you're praying. No, you should respond by moving your eye or moving your hand. And the Shaykh mentioned Allah that it took place during the time of the Prophet wasallam that one of his companions gave him salams, gave him a greeting. And the Prophet wasallam responded by placing his hand up like this. So the palm of his hand was toward the ground. The Prophet ﷺ responded by placing his hand up as if to say, uh, respond to him and to say, relax, sit down and wait. 
So it is permissible for the individual to, um, to respond with an action, a movement of the hand or of the eye or of the face. And then the author Rahimahullah Ta'ala said that it is not disliked that a person gives you the salams while you're praying. So while you're praying, someone says, Salaamu Alaikum, it's not disliked. But if you fear uh, the person who's not praying, if you fear that this would confuse the person who's praying, then don't do it. But if you do it, then it is upon the person to respond, not with speech, but with his hand, as it was done by the Prophet ﷺ. Likewise, it is permissible to correct the Imam if he uh, makes a mistake in the prayer, a mistake in the recitation. It is permissible for you to correct him by verbally saying, if he makes a mistake in the recitation, then you verbally, the one who is in the congregation, you verbally correct him. You tell him, uh, you, you say the ayat uh, in the correct manner so that the imam realizes that's what he should do. Likewise, if the imam misses something in the prayer, if the imam, the one who is leading the prayer, if he misses something in the prayer, like for example, he should stand but he sits, or he sits when he should stand, then the men should say subhanallah. They should glorify Allah and they should repeat it until he realizes that he made a mistake. But the women, if the men do not correct the imam, then the women, they should correct the imam by clapping. It took place on the time of the Prophet ﷺ that he forgot something in the prayer. He became confused in the prayer, so the men began to clap. The Prophet ﷺ, when the prayer was over, he informed the men that clapping is for the women. That clapping is for the women. So. The women, they should not uh, correct him verbally. They should not correct him verbally, but instead they should clap. Because the voice of the woman can uh, have an effect upon the men. So the woman should not uh, verbally correct the imam, because this would be a, a means of fitna. Then the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, mentioned the issue of uh, if a person is overcome with mucus or saliva, uh, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that verily when one of you prays, Allah is in front of him. So if you need to spit, the individual should not do so in front of him, but rather he should spit, uh, for example, if he's praying on gravel or ground or dirt or sand, the person should spit under his left foot. He should not spit in front of him. And the Shaykh mentioned, Allah that is according to the situation. If the person is praying on a carpet, or if the person is praying like on marble, hard marble, which if they were to spit, it's possible someone would slip on that saliva, then you shouldn't do so. You should take your cloth, your shirt, or some type of cloth, and you should spit in, in the cloth. This is that which was done by the Prophet ﷺ, and this is that which he instructed us to do. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, that this should be the focal point of the individual, that they should have uh, extreme reverence for the prayer, and they sh and the prayer begins by them declaring that Allah is uh, the greatest. They say Allahu Akbar, so Allah is greater than all things, and then they inform of the praise of Allah. And everything, uh, all the praise belongs to Allah Azza and that Allah is the Lord of the worlds, and that Allah is the Lord of all of everything which exists. And then you inform that Allah is the all-forgiving, the all-merciful. And His mercy is specific and His mercy is general. General mercy for all of mankind and specific mercy for the believers. And then you inform that Allah is the, the, the owner of, or the, 
to him belongs uh, the day of judgment. So all of this you began the prayer with. And then after that you began to speak to your Lord Taala by informing that uh, it is you that we worship and it is you that we seek your assistance. So the individual should understand that all of these things that were mentioned are a part of the prayer. These statements are a part of the prayer. These things that are disliked, they are a part of this tremendous act of worship. So when you enter this prayer, you should be, uh, uh, you should display complete etiquettes. And you should understand that your position and your, 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 your movements should be done with, with humbleness. And you should keep in mind that you are in need of your Lord, Tabarak wa ta'ala. So then the Shaykh's Habib Allah Ta'ala said, we ask Allah Azawajal to allow us to perform this act of worship uh, in the best of manners. And we ask Allah Azawajal to give us the ability to have focus, focus uh, during that prayer. Uh, and we ask Allah Azawajal to accept our righteous deeds. And we ask Allah Azawajal to make our deeds, uh, uh, to make our, all of our deeds uh, uh, pleasing to Him. And we ask Allah to give might to Islam and to debase disbelief. And we ask Allah to give ease to the Muslims who have been oppressed. And we ask Allah to give us victory over the enemies of Islam. And we ask Allah Azawajal to give the Muslims uh, success to make tawbah, repentance to Allah, and to be sincere and truthful in their Islam. And we ask Allah Azawajal to, to, uh, to allow us to be shy. And we ask Allah Azawajal to have, or to allow us to have diligency and having reverence uh, in his orders and abstaining from that which is haram. And we ask Allah Azawajal to protect our religion and to give us safety and security. And we ask Allah Azawajal to give peace to the people of Syria and the people of Iraq. And we ask Allah Azawajal to remove the, heart, the hardships and the tragedies which have, which have befallen the Muslims around the world and to replace it with safety and security. And we ask Allah Azawajal to make us from amongst those who have uh, truthfulness in our dealings with Allah and our dealings with the creation of Allah. And we ask Allah Azawajal to show us uh, His might in destroying uh, the, the, the people who follow the, the methodology of the Nusayriya and those who support them. And we ask Allah Azawajal to give victory to the truth. And we ask Allah Azawajal to, uh, nah, to give safety and security to all of the Muslim lands. And verily Allah is able to answer the dua and our last supplication is all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds. And may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Muhammad and his family members and companions. يقول السائل أحسن الله إليك هل يكره للمصلي العطس أمامه يعني قدامه كما يكره له البسط لا العطاس إن الله يحب العطاس ويكره القتال العطاس لا حرج فيه أحسن الله إليك the individual is asking is it dislike that a person sneezes in front of him just like it's dislike for a person to uh, to spit in front of them, the Sheikh mentioned Abu Allah Ta'ala. No, 
there's a hadith where Allah loves the, the, the sneezing. So there's no problem that a person sneezes in front of them. هذا سهل لمن سهله الله عليه يحرص على استشعار أن أنه واقف بين يدي الذي لا أعظم منه هو مالك الملك هو خالف الخلق هو المتكفل بأرزاقهم كل خير منه ولا يدفع شر إلا بأمره وتدبيره يتصور هيبة من هو واقف بين يديه إذا وفقه الله يتصور حصل له الخشوع والأدب Uh, bring about humbleness in the prayer that the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah it is easy for the one who Allah makes it easy for it is upon an individual to have the feeling and the understanding that they are standing in front of their Lord the one who there is no one greater than him Allah is the king of the kings Allah is the the creator of the creation. Allah is the one responsible for the provisions of the people. And there is no good except that it is from Allah. There's no harm which is prevented except that Allah decrees that it is prevented. So the individual should focus and concentrate on the fact that he is standing in front of Allah. And if he does so, this would bring about for sure. على القيام في آخر الليل الأشياء التي تعين المرء على القيام في آخر الليل أن تكون عنده إرادة لو كان أهم أن يسافر في ساعة محددة لوجدت أنه متحية الله جل وعلا يحب من عبده أن يتقرب إليه وكل خير فمن الله وكل شر لا يدفع إلا بأمر الله وتدبيره ينبغي لمن رغب قيام الليل أن يبادر للنوم في أول الليل ثم الله يسر للناس الآلات المنبهة يضع عنده ما ينبههم يوقظهم من نومه واذا كانت عنده اراده صحيحه تسهلت باذن الله له اسباب التهجد and standing in prayer at night. The Shaykh Habibullah mentioned, for one, the desire to do so. For example, if an individual has the desire to travel 
at a particular time, the individual would make sure that he is prepared to do so. Allah Azza wa Jal loves that his servants seek nearness to him. And there is no God, there is no good except that it is from Allah. There is no harm except that it is prevented by Allah. So whoever wants to stand in prayer at night, the individual should, for example, sleep early. And by the grace of Allah, we have Allah has decreed that we have these uh, these uh, instruments or these gadgets that wake us up. So a person should use one of these things, these clocks, to wake them up. So if the person has the sincere desire, Allah would make uh, the standing in prayer easy for him. ذكر المؤلف رحمه الله تعالى كراهية كراهية الصلاة مع حضور الطعام فهل نحمل علاقة الرجل مع امرأته قد قبيل الصلاة على هذا على هذه الكراهية ظاهر مقدمات مقدمات الشيء الرجل حاجة الرجل إلى هي تختلف عن هذه لأن كونه تمير نفسه تمير نفسه لمعاشرة الزوجة هذا إن كان على طهارة أفضل الطهارة إن كان وهي تحمل أيضا على استعدادا للتطهر بوقت قد يقضي على وقت الصلاة كله ما انتهى ثم هذه الحاجة تختلف عن حاجة الطعام لأن حاجة الطعام لم مجال له لحياته وسيره إلا في تناول شيء مما يقوي جسده ولهذا لا تضاف هذه إلى and a husband's desire to be with his wife. Does it, is it similar to the food? In, in, in the sense that the man wouldn't pray if he has a desire to be with his wife sexually. And the Sheikh mentioned it's different because the man's desire to be with his wife uh, and the likes, and this would bring about him breaking his wudu and possibly having to take a shower or repeat his ablution and this would take the possibly take the full time of the prayer so it is, it is different and his need to eat likewise it's possible that a person needs to eat because you know he would be harmed um, so he needs to eat something um, in order to strengthen himself so the affair of a man having the desire to be sexually with his wife is different from a person's need for, for food يقول السائل أحسن عليك هل يجوز للمسلمة استخدام من حبوب من الحمل بعد الولادة بمدة سنتين بسبب الرضاعة؟ إذا احتاج إلى ذلك بحيث يكون الطفل لا يمكن أن يتغذى إلا من الرضاعة من أمه فلا حرج في ذلك 
individuals asking, what is, the, is it permissible for a female, Muslim female, to use pills to prevent uh, birth after she gave birth uh, for the purpose of uh, breastfeeding? And the Sheikh mentioned, if there's a need, if there's uh, a need for her to do so, then it is permissible. Um, for example, if her child, if the child that's been born uh, needs her milk and cannot, uh, you know, take other than this, then there's no problem in her using these this sort of uh, pills. لا حرج في ذلك زوجة فرعون من ذكرهم الله جل وعلا فرعون في معرض السنة عليها فلا حرج من هذه التسمية Individuals asking Assalamualaikum is it permissible for uh, a person to name their daughter Asya the wife of Fir'aun then Asya the Sheikh mentioned there's no problem in doing so. Uh, Asya, the wife, she was the wife of Fir'aun, and Allah mentioned her uh, in praise. So there's no problem in an individual doing so. من فعلها هي يعني وقوعها في بعض الذنوب تدعو لها تدعو لابنتها أن يهديها الله وتدعوها أيضا أي الأم تدعو البنت برفق فإن الله جل وعلا أمر من يدعو إلى الخير أن يكون رفيقا يقول الذي ما دخل العنف شيء لا أفسده إن الله رفيق يحب الرفق ما دخل الرفق في شيء إلا زعله. السؤال عليك. The individuals asking what's your advice for a mother who finds that her daughter disobeys her. And the Sheikh mentioned Abu Bakr. I advise her to supplicate for her daughter. I advise her to supplicate that Allah guides her. And I advise the the the, the mother. To remind her daughter with gentleness, because Allah Azza wa Jalla has ordered the individual to remind with gentleness, and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that staunchness and harshness does not come about except that it brings about uh, destruction. And verily, Allah Azza wa Jalla is gentle, and He loves gentleness. يقول السؤال حصل عليك ما هي الأسباب التي تساعد العبد على التوبة وكذلك ما هي وكذلك ما هو الشيء الذي يساعد العبد في اجتناب الذنوب؟ ينبغي أن يفكر في نوع العذاب الذي أعده الله جل وعلا للعصات. ويفكر أيضا بنوع الكرامة التي أعدها الله جل وعلا للتائبين ثم 
يسأل ربه أيضا أن يعينه على التوبة وأن يوفقه للأخذ بأسباب كف النفس عن الهوى يتصور ما ذكره الله جل وعلا في كتابه أو ذكر نبيه فأما من ثاب إلى آخرة نهى النفس عن الهوى ما هي النتيجة الجنة هي المأوى وأما من يتجرأ على المعاصي ولا يقبل على التوبة فهذا له منزلة أخرى نسأل الله العافية <تصفيق> Repenting and some things that help an individual to abstain from sin. It's upon an individual to reflect over the punishment that Allah has prepared for the sinners. And likewise, it is upon an individual to reflect over the generosity and the blessing that Allah has prepared for those who repent. And then the individual asks Allah and requests from Him. The ability to repent and the individual requests from Allah the ability to abstain from the sins and to abandon his desires the individual should reflect over that which Allah has mentioned about punishment and reward and likewise that which the Prophet has mentioned for example when Allah mentioned about the individual who Uh, prevents himself from following his desires verily Jannah is his destination but as for the individual that continues upon sin and does not repent then verily he will have another destination يقول السائل أحسن الله إليك كيف نفهم أو كيف نفهم قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما أسفل من الكعبين فهو في النار لأن بعض يشرح هذا الحديث ويقول إذا كان مع الكبر فقط المسلم ينبغي أن يحرص على طاعة الله وطاعة رسوله وأن يوطن نفسه على ذلك ثم إذا ذكر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أمرا يعاقب العبد على فعله ينبغي أن يحرص ويحذر من الوقوع فيه لأن الله يقول فليحذر الذين يخالفون عن أمره يعني يحذرنا ربنا جل وعلا من مخالفة عمل الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم لأننا نتعرض للعقوبات. السلام عليك. The individual is asking how do we understand the hadith where the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم mentioned that which is below the ankles is in a hellfire because some people describe it with that if it's done only with pride. And the Sheikh mentioned Abu Bakr's mandatory upon a Muslim to be diligent in obedience to Allah and obedience to His Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. And he should condition himself to do so. If the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned something that a person, if he doesn't, he would be punished for, then it is upon the individual to abstain from that deed. As Allah mentioned, let those who go against the order, that those who oppose the 
the order of the Prophet that they would be afflicted with a torment or a severe punishment. So a person uh, indulging in that which the Prophet has forbade, this person is putting themselves in danger of a severe punishment. الفريضة يجب أن تكون في أعدائها متجها إلى القبلة إذا كنت تعرفها أو وجدت من يدلك عليها وأما النافلة من سن الرواتب أو تهجد الليل وأمثال ذلك أو الصلاة التي بعد الوضوء فلا حرج عليك أن تصلي ولو كانت تجارك إلى غير القبلة فرق بين الفريضة والنافلة The individual is asking is it permissible for a person for a traveler to pray in the direction other than the Qibla if they don't know the direction of the Qibla the Sheikh mentioned Abu Allah Ta'ala as for the obligatory prayer then it is incumbent that you pray it in the direction of the Qibla if you know it or you seek someone to direct you uh, in, the, in the right direction as for, as for the superior obligatory prayer such as the, the daily sunan or the night prayer or the prayer that a person makes uh, the units of prayer that a person makes after wudu there's no problem that you pray them in the direction other than the qibla so there's a difference between the obligatory prayer and the non-obligatory prayer يقول السائل أحسن عليك إذا مر مار أمامي وأنا في مسجد الحرام في مكة هل أدفعه؟ النبي لم يذكر موضعا أو مكانا لا يمنع المار لكن إذا فرض أنه في حال زحام إذا منعت المار وثبك الناس وتضرروا فأنت لا تمنع وأما في حال سعة فإن المسجد الحرام والمسجد النبوي كلها داخلة في منع المار بين يدي المصلي إلا في حال ضرورة يتضرر الناس بمنعه the individual is asking if I is it, is it if I was praying in Mecca in the in the Haram of Mecca and someone seeks to cross in front of me should I prevent that individual? The Sheikh mentioned that the Prophet did not mention that he did not specify a particular time or a particular place where you um, <clears throat> prevent someone. He uh, gave general instructions to prevent someone from walking in front of you. But for example, if you were in Mecca and there was a, a major crowd and by you preventing the people from walking, from walking in front of you, this would bring about harm to the people. 
then you should not prevent them. But if it, there's not a major crowd and there's not many people, whether you're in Mecca or whether you're in Medina, then all of this uh, falls under the prohibition of the Prophet wasallam, as long as it does not bring harm to the people. إذن ما دامت الليلة هذه هي الوداع في هذه الفترة فنسأل الله جل وعلا أن يوفقنا جميعا لاستذكار ما أمكننا أن نستذكره من هذه اللقاءات وأن ينفعنا الله جل وعلا بها ثم إني أنصح الجميع أن يحرص كل واحد على مراقبة الله جل وعلا والالتجاء إليه وسؤال الله أن يهدي قلبه إن النبي أخبر أن في ابن آدم جهازا إذا صلح صلحت أمور الإنسان كلها وإذا فسد فسدت الأمور كلها كان في حديث أن في الجسد مضغة يعني بقدر اللقمة الصغيرة مضغة إذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله صلح اللسان واليد والنظر والسمع والفم وجميع الحواس صلح الجسد وإذا فسدت فسد جسده كيف تصلح كيف يفسد بالاستقامة ومخافة الله والتماس مرضاته الحرص على طاعته يحرص الواحد كل واحد منا بقدر المستطاع ثم اسال الله جل وعلا باسمائه وصفاته ان لا يكون هذا اللقاء هو خاتمه لقاءاتنا في هذا المكان وان يوفقنا بمنه وكرمه للاجتماعات اللاحقه وان ينفعنا بكل اجتماع نجتمع فيه من تقريب الى مرضاته وابعاد عن مساحته كما اساله جل وعلا باسمائه وصفاته ان يعز الاسلام والمسلمين ويذل الكفر والكافرين ويرفع عن المسلمين كل بلاء وشر ومحنه وفتنه وان يعاجل المظلومين المقهورين في الشام فلسطين وفي بقيه البقاع الاسلاميه أن يزيد عنهم كل شر وبلاء ومكروه ويصد عنهم كل ظالم وكل فاتن وأن يعاقب المجرمين المعتدين على المسلمين في كل مكان في الشام وفي العراق ودولة إيران والحزب النجس في لبنان و كل من دعا الى شر وفتنه كما اسره لهذه البلاد ان يوفق ولي امرها لاعزاز الحق ونصرته ونصرته واذلال الباطل وقهره وان يوفقه الله جل وعلا بقدر ما يستطيع من اعزاز المسلمين في كل مكان كما اسره سبحانه أن يخضي على الفتنة في اليمن الفتنة في اليمن 
من يسمونه بالحنفية هذا لا يمثلون الطائفة التي أسست أول حكم للرافضة في إيران الدولة الصفوية التي مسخت بلاد فارس بعد أن كان عامة سكانها على المذهب الشافعي مسختهم حتى جعلتهم أو عامتهم إلا ما ندر على المذهب الرافضي الذي يكذب القرآن ويكفر الصحابة يستحل دماء المسلمين كم دماء سفكت في العراق بسبب الحكم الرافض في العراق وهذه إيران ترسل المقاتلين ليقاتلوا مع من؟ مع النصيري الذي يقول أن علي بن أبي طالب هو الله أسفه القول فنسأل الله جل وعلا نعاجل لأولئك جميعا ومن ينصرهم كروسيا وغيرها من الدول أن يعاجلهم بالفشل والعذاب الأليم وأن يسلط عليهم في بلادهم كما أسألك جل وعلا أن يصد عن بلاد المسلمين في كل مكان أنواع الشرور والآثام والمصائب إنه جل وعلا مجيب الدعاء وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا وإن شاء الله إلى اللقاء أعتقد لا يكون لقاء إلا فيما بعد الصيفية نسأل الله أن يثم علينا جميعا الصحة والعافية واللقاء إنه مجيب الدعاء صلى الله عليه وسلم الشيخ حفيظ الله that this would be uh, the last lesson that we will be having. And we ask Allah Azawajal to give us the tawfiq to remember that which we have learned. We ask Allah to make it beneficial for us. And He said, and I advise all of you to be uh, diligent and vigorous in being mindful of Allah and turning to Allah and asking Allah to guide your hearts because the Prophet ﷺ informed that there was something in the body, there's a piece of flesh, small piece of flesh in the body. If it is rectified, then the body will be rectified, the tongue will be rectified, the hand, the sight, the hearing, the mouth, all of these things, all of these limbs will be rectified if that piece of flesh is rectified. And if it is corrupted, then the rest of the limbs will be corrupt. How does a person rectify themselves by being up by being upright by being diligent and vigorous in pleasing Allah Azza wa Jal. So I asked Allah Azza wa Jal, and then He said, and I likewise ask Allah that this is not our last gathering in this place. And I ask Allah Azza wa Jal that we have many more gatherings after uh, we leave. And I ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make our deeds pleasing to Him and to make us from amongst the individuals that abstain from that which is forbidden. We ask Allah to give might and glory to Islam and to the base kufr. We ask Allah to raise the calamities and the tribulations upon the Muslims. We ask Allah to give ease to the people of Sham and the people of Palestine and the other Muslim lands. And we ask Allah to remove all harm which has afflicted them. And we ask Allah to punish those who have oppressed them, the Muslims in all parts of the world. 
And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give ease to the people of Syria and the people of Iraq and the people of uh, other parts of one. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to punish the people who have oppressed the people of Syria and the people who have oppressed the people of Iraq and those who have oppressed uh, the people of Lebanon with this group, uh, uh, Hezbollah, and this Sheikh mentioned Abu Barat the Hezbollah Najis. And then we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to remove all forms of evil. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal in this country to give might to uh, the truth and to debase. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give the ruler the ability to, to assist and support the truth and to debase the, the falsehood. And we ask Allah uh, to give him the tawfiq according to his ability to support the Muslims. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to end the trials and the calamities which have taken place in, in Yemen by way of the Houthiyun and they are uh, an offshoot of this uh, Rafida group which is present in Iran who follows the madhab of uh, Safawiyyah who have uh, conquered uh, the Persian uh, area after most of the people that were present there were followers of the, the Shafi'i madhab until these individuals came and these individuals are people that uh, oppose the Quran and they hold the companions to be disbelievers uh, so, and indeed, this country, Iran, they, they send people to fight with the, the people in Syria, the Nusayriya. And these individuals hold that Allah is Allah. So we ask Allah to punish them and to punish those who support them, such as the, the government of Russia. We ask Allah to uh, debase them and to give them severe punishment. Uh, and then the Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. Verily, Allah is the one to answer the supplication. And our last supplication is, all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, and indeed the peace and blessings of Allah be upon the Prophet Muhammad and his companions. And he said it's possible that we will not meet again until after the, the summer vacation. So we ask Allah to give us good health and uh, safety and security.